Gonna Go Pizza presents S-D-P-P, the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, we have the podcast in two parts today because the NHL has decided in its infinite wisdom that it knew we finished recording at 4 o'clock, so it was going to do a major announcement about the future of the season at 4.30. And we said, ha, not this time, NHL. We're going to split this in two. Now, I will not be here for the second half of the podcast. It'll just be Jesse and Steve, as I'll be with my daughter. However, um, the uh, I think you know part, part of what we're going to do here at the beginning is we're going to do a little bit of speculation, what we think we know right now, and then you can laugh at it later. When you go, <laughs> they were all wrong. What a bunch of losers. Which I think is- that's going to be very funny hearing yeah. what you think it is and then what it actually is two hours later. Yeah, and that's normally it with the comment section is anyway, so it'll be perfect. Uh, and then we'll actually find out and Steve and Jesse will be able to react to it. Now, just a scheduling note for you too. Our next show is going to be recorded next Monday uh, as uh, Sunday is Everly's birthday. She keeps getting in the way of the show. Like, what the hell's her problem? <laughs> I, I'm really getting pissed off with her. Yeah. We should. We need to have a talk with her about this. And uh, tell her to get a we're job. Gonna, I know she's gonna be one. You guys, she's gonna be a whole one years old. Aww. A year whole old. one can't be one years old. It's one year old. Um, and it then, would be a shame if on your daughter's birthday people spam Steve's email and signed him up for a bunch of newsletters <laughs> to wish Adam's daughter a happy. That birthday. would be. <laughs> it would be a shame if that. We happened. never really followed up on that, but I went in and deleted about seventy-five emails. You. Rotten piece of it would be the worst if a bunch of people signed Steve up for jib jab. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of Steve and Everly jib jabs. And if you do it, please, please post it. <laughs> Just Steve and Everly though. Steve, what's your, uh, what's the email to your book there? <laughs> Steve Dangle book. At you want a Pornhub subscription? I think you got one. Yeah. <laughs> boom, bada, boom. Um, not that I know that, but. <laughs> I know it from TikTok. Sure. I know of course. it from the memes. Yeah. So does every adult. Um, now, uh, uh, there are some rumors floating around out there. Um, and I don't know that the NHL's got this all sorted out, but there are there's some things that leaked today. And I'm going to start with uh, Shayna. Hey, Shayna. She uh, works for Hockey Graphs. Um, here's, what here's what she said this morning. Uh, it's also her birthday. So happy birthday, Shane. Uh, hey. The oh. draft lottery for 2020 NHL draft will include seven teams that didn't qualify for the 2014 tournament and eight teams that are eliminated in the qualifying round. So if you're a Leafs fan, here's what it means. If the Leafs get eliminated by Columbus in the non-playoff playoff round, that means that they will finish outside of the playoffs and inside, uh, sorry, and outside of the top 10, meaning they forfeit their pick to Carolina, which is excellent. Just a super duper way to start the year. Um, thank you, uh, Patrick Marlowe's contract. Um, you got to think that the Columbus Blue Jackets are sort of licking their chops to get their, their hands on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that, that's part one, okay? That's part one. And then we have some things with, you know, Pierre Lebrun, and I'm just going to pull it up here because I, I want to make sure – I read this stuff properly so we can react to it properly. I don't want to just paraphrase. So Brian McNally said, uh, Brian McNally 14 on Twitter, uh, one minor thing I'm curious about, if the NHL goes to round-robin play for the teams that get a bye, would those stats count? So if you're in the round-robin round, um, round play, or even if you're in the, the, the first round, 
how do you count those stats? Are they ever going to show up on hockey TV? Do you know and what I'm are saying? are they playoff stats or regular season stats? Because that right. affects bonuses and contracts. So it's very important how the NHL wants to calculate it. Brian McNally That's fascinating, said, Jesse. That's a fascinating aspect of all this, yes. And, and, and this is important for the Capitals, who I believe are a top-seeded team. Alex Ovechkin has a ninth 50-goal season riding on that decision. Braden Holtby sets a new franchise record with one more shutout. Pierre Lebrun said this to Brian McNally. Uh, Brian, by the way, Brian McNally of uh, the NBC Sports Washington He's big deal. Uh, Pierre Lebrun. So I'm told the NHL still hasn't decided yet what to do with these stats from the round robin slash play in rounds. Not really regular season, not really playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with that. What do you think they should do? It's not the playoffs. So they can't be put in the playoff category. So the only other category left is regular season. You're not going to make it a preseason thing. What right? if you made, because you've made it all up. They are you, literally making it up. What if you make it a one-time extra stat? Pandemic category. That's so right. it just, it's <laughs> lost to history. Basically. It's it like exhibition never games. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think you include it in playoffs. I think you include really? anything scored now is a playoff goal because this tournament is technically the exception to the season. Uh, in that it's after the regular season. So I think you create this category, you lump it all into playoff goals, playoff stats, because we don't even – how often do we look at playoff stats outside of Rare. the major players? Unless it's Wayne it's amazing. Yeah. It's so, amazing how like little it matters in our regular conversations. And right. I've been doing a lot of digging like historical stuff, and I'm like, why? we should really be talking about this guy more or this mm-hmm. player more or something like that. Because they just weren't a regular season performer. Mm-hmm. So well, Joel Ward is like the perfect guy, right? Yeah. Joel Ward is, I tweeted something about Justin him Williams recently. Too. Yeah, he, he, his is absolutely ridiculous. So, so let me present an alternate view, Jesse. Because okay. your view, I respectfully disagree with. And uh, I will tell you why. <clears throat> if we are not counting the round robin slash play round as playoffs, mm-hmm. then it has to, by definition, be an extension of the regular season. And in fact, I would go so far as to say since we're playing a maximum of five games and each team had between 10 and 12 games left to play, you could argue that each stat, each goal and assist could be worth double. Oh, get out of here. Stop. If you're trying to prorate it over the season, I'm saying, listen, you think if they're going to count suspensions that way. You thought era adjusted goals were dumb. Okay, hey, so now Adam's we have this. Corsi double stats by Adam Wilde. Austin oh, Matthews needs a 50 goal year. Okay, so just go with me on this one. But also, no, but in all seriousness, the stats thing is never going to happen. But I would say I would count that with the regular season because that's what it's supposed to be. It's a play-in. Yeah. So I playing think- in, it's regular season stats, and I think that should still count. And, include, and that includes the round-robin play for the guys that, you know, the Austin Matthews, the, the Alexander Ovechkins, I believe. Holtby? Uh, uh, um, Braden Holby, Holby, obviously, uh, but who was the who was the third? Pasternak. Pasternak, yeah. McDavid, anybody? These guys, I, I think that you know they deserve a chance to pad their stats a little bit. Well, and, and let, let's not? say let's say Ovechkin or uh, you know Holtby or Matthews, they hit these milestones uh, in the five play-in games that they play or whatever. They're still getting ripped off like seven games or something like that. That's why they should be worth double. <laughs> 
What about you know the what? other I'm for guys? It. I'm for it. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't? What about they the guys it? on the teams that have been eliminated? They don't get to play the regular season. Well, they game. suck. Should have been yeah. better. <laughs> don't care. Seventy percent of the league made the play-in round. If you couldn't make that, you don't deserve it. I don't think it's it's not regular season or playoffs. It's the little gray thing in between. It's this limbo area. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's either way. I think it's kind of like you got to look at it like the uh, baseball play-in game. It's not game – there is a game 163 if that happens at a tie in the regular season, but there's also the wild card play-in where it's just a one-game elimination. I think I look at it like that where it's kind of, hey, this is the step before the playoffs, but it's after since you already qualified for this round. Hmm. That's a lot of games, though, to not count, right? It is, you yeah. could. You could have a player with like seven or eight points in those five games. In fact, you probably will in multiple series. And And it's just not going to count. It's just going to go poof. Yeah, you have playoffs with guys who go off in a series and then they get eliminated and that's it. Okay. I say regular season. No, (laughs) nuts to that. Nuts to all that. I say all all points count as three. (laughs) (laughs) Why stop at double? Triple what? You know what? He's right. He's fucking right. Yeah. First to 15 points. Let's go. (laughs) um anyway so so to answer your question it's going to be a very confusing afternoon and it's gonna be fun for you guys to get in and actually break this stuff down because afterwards um you know like we said i think i think at this point the debate about whether this is this counts or not is sort of over uh and if you're still having it you're a little like you're a little just behind the curve you're not you're not seeing this for the fun that it's going to be we're in a unique position in the world i think you got to lean into unique positions and enjoy the ride because that's all be, this is going to be. It's a ride. It's going to be a war. Like, it's, it's, yeah. you're going to have to play five rounds of playoff hockey. A lot of players don't even survive four yeah. by the end of it. Patrice Bergeron played through a punctured lung, which is a whole separate issue that I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Players self-administering stuff. So like here's NHL the NHL players can be trusted. The question about that, Steve, is a real, it's a really important one. Now, I don't know if this has been announced yet, but teams are looking at, apparently, this is what they're saying, 30-man rosters. Wow. 30-man rosters. All for so it. My question to you is now, I don't, have, I don't have in front of me every team, and I don't think, and I love you guys, but I don't know if the, the depth of knowledge here is that we could definitively make this choice. But maybe there is. This is a challenge. Who has the greatest 30-man roster in the NHL. Like, yeah, you got to look at the best teams and then out of those best teams, their minor league system. Right. Who's got the best AHL, NHL fringe talent? How many goalies do you get? I think you get three. Uh, At least three. Yeah, The Rangers are fascinating. Rangers are fascinating uh, because, I mean, they have the best trio in the NHL. Can I say that? They have the best trio. Um and there was the other uh, bunch of people tweeted me after the last show. Apparently, uh, ice has been open in Arizona for a week now. Wow. Uh, Austin, mm, Frederick, sir. Hope you've been doing a couple things. Um, uh, Pittsburgh's always got Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit, uh chilling in the minors, and they're amazing. Uh, Carolina, I think I already said. Who was the team... Well, they're not involved, but uh, Belleville was looking at making a real run at the Calder Cup. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Sens suck. So, yep, yep. Well, hold on. I'm going to look up here. HL. I, I want to know which rosters had players in the minors. Uh, 
purely for cap reasons. All right, guys who could play on the NHL team but are just down there because they can't fit. Are you guys ready to hate this? That's wiped out now. Who was the second best team? Don't you dare look at it. Uh, Who was the second best team in the AHL this year? Boston's minor league team. That's right. The Providence. Ah, no way! <laughs> That's amazing. You know what? They've had a crazy ability to call just Anyone. randoms up, randoms up, Trent Frederick, and things of that nature. He sounds. He sounds like a like a, a late Revolutionary War general. Trent Frederick could not play anywhere else. No, no, he has to play in Boston. <laughs> he has to play in Boston. <laughs> yeah. And now for the Colorado Avalanche, Trent Frederick, stupid. No, <laughs> no. He's no, on the Bruins. Boston. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's, that's amazing. That's Adam, amazing. wasn't there a Pittsburgh Steelers player with the last name Hines? Yeah, Hines Ward. Hines uh, Ward. His first name was Hines. First and, his, name, okay. and, of course, uh, his last name was Ketchup. Yep. <laughs> so he played at Heinz Field. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And he was sorry, guys. I I just thought I'd put a little mustard on it. Oh, boo! And then he uh, he he turned out to be Heinz Ward. By the way, shout out Pittsburgh. Love you. Can't wait to come back for a game. Heinz Ward never gets enough credit. Wide receivers who are truly great do some blocking, and Heinz Ward is one of the greatest blocking receivers out there. Meaning. He did some hardcore work away from the ball. If the ball didn't go to him, he never bitched about it. He always caught it when it did, but he always was the guy throwing his body in front of like big defensive linemen. So the other guy with the ball, be it the running back or another wide receiver, had a chance to go a couple extra yards. Heinz Ward, everybody. I remember Heinz Ward. Yeah. He's great. And he also went dancing with the stars or something like that too. So like he was. Did he? So. Hey, I'm pretty sure. Or like he competed. I think he did win. But anyway, the Milwaukee Admirals are the number one team in the AHL this year. Providence Bruins, number two. Hershey Bears, number three. Iowa Wilds, number four. The Roadrunners. They're an interesting one. The Roadrunners, number five. Belleville Senators, number six. Eagles, number seven from Colorado. And the Stockton Heat, number eight. Stockton Heat. Interesting. Interesting. So There's a few playoff teams in there. So who do we got? So I'll start from the beginning. Milwaukee Admirals. I believe that's the Lightning, isn't it? (laughs) There's probably no way. <laughs> <laughs> check, but well, and they're also at one point, I think we're two teams called the admirals, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the lightning. No, that's the Syracuse crunch. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> no, they were the admirals when they won the Calder cup, Nashville. Oh, great. Oh, right. Milwaukee right, right, right. is uh, Nashville's AHL team. Then you get the right. Bruins, Hershey bears caps, right? think so yep uh iowa wild i don't know who could that be nashville don't know who who could that be senators don't know who could that be colorado eagles don't know who could that be and then the stockton heat yeah man i mean listen it's not it's not good for the leafs when the marlies were 20th in the league they got killed as soon as sheldon Keefe got hired they turned to garbage yeah Uh, worth mentioning that they lost jeremy bracco uh like i think like less than a month into sheldon Keefe. Right. Uh, being with the Leafs, it was not good. No. Not good. Um, it does, it is does Paul go McFarlane that... still the Leafs' assistant coach? Yes, he is. Yeah, he yeah. is until okay. the season's over. Yeah. That's a funny one. Of the year. It's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I don't know any other stories like that. I would that assume that they can change that if they wanted to. Like, if they really wanted him gone, I'm sure they could. But what's the point at this point, right? You don't bring in someone new in the middle of a pandemic. No, it just, you know? just yeah. go with it. Like, Maybe Paul, you're here until you're not, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question. Um, 
No, go ahead. Steve. No, well, you cannot uh, ask a question. This is the Steve Dangle podcast. Only Steve. Yeah, question. asshole. No, I was just going to throw in that Capo Kakinen, I, I believe, just won AHL goalie of the year. He's with the Wild. There you mm. go. There you go. Steve, you mentioned something quickly earlier in the conversation when you said uh, something about players administrating things themselves. Yes. So, uh, side thought off of that, what happens if a player this whole time has been taking illegal substances? They won't be tested, correct? You mean smoking the weed? No, I'm talking PEDs. Uh, well, it's the, yo, that's steroids, still, Adam. Steroids. Oh, and, well, like, guys weed is any like, league, not legal in the States but yet. Totally. NHL oh. players olympians because they can't be tested do you think anybody would take advantage of that hell yes yeah yeah i mean anybody depends back with a gigantic forehead you'll know yeah I'm sure a lot of back knee gym. yeah no oh. no shirtless interviews what happened to his testicles they're gone yeah. um <laughs> well you know we just went out there and we gave it 110 percent you know it's it's great to live out my childhood dream of being a stanley cup champion <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about it is that we want it clean you know we did it honest <laughs> by the way did you see i know this is a total like sideshow thing but whatever <laughs> this podcast has been a sideshow since the nhl was canceled um yeah. the the did you see the lance armstrong promo clip for his documentary oh no, so that just... aired on the first part aired on sunday right oh yeah i haven't seen it i don't I even know where it. you can watch it espn well, is it, it aired that in the last me. dance spot but yeah jerks is it produced by lance armstrong this is very important I because it. the last dance, y- you were you watched it like okay, we got to take everything that's said with a grain of salt, because this is a Michael Jordan production. I want to see Lance Armstrong go full. I am the greatest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so we I worked unfortunately uh, for the guy this guy in this story. I worked at a radio station in Calgary, and Danny. Uh, it was a guy named Danny who worked there and was is a huge cycler loved Lance Armstrong and like I don't think Lance Armstrong realizes how how many hearts he broke I think oh. the day that all that all I came out man like Danny was a like a live strong guy like he was like let's do that like it's crazy and he's like he, it's like right right up until that scandal broke he was like it's impossible like the guy had cancer how could he even you know he was light because he had been on he, he had chemotherapy like it was great and and I think the Lance Armstrong thing will be very, very interesting whether he produces it or not. Because if he does produce it, if it is Lance, although I doubt he would be, he would have much of a say in it because I think ESPN's smarter than that. Um, it would be interesting to get his perspective on it because no one has ever been caught more red-handed and yet remained so belligerent about it. Oh, just yeah. that's why I hope it's produced by him. And just how he's the victim and everything. And just, <laughs> that is... I feel bad for Danny, man, because that is heartbreaking. It I is. That was that. his hero. It was, and, and Danny used to be like, Danny was like, on the weekends, like he would just come into work on Monday and he'd be like, yeah, I cycled like 120 kilometers this weekend. <laughs> oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah, he was, he was he one of those loved, guys. He just, just loved a, Lance Armstrong. Loved, well, and loved cycling. And in Calgary, there's, there's no limit. You can just go oh. and go and go and go. So, so yeah. unless you hit a moose. I the, think my, uh, I, I just want to check that on oh, my dog. You guys keep, oh no, she's cool. Okay. She's okay. outside and I thought she jumped over the fence and just, I was a little freaked out. <laughs> just real quick. I, I went through that with uh, track and field when Maurice Green got bit for doing steroids. That guy was the oh, fastest man. man on the planet for years. Uh, and he, he took the mantle from Donovan Bailey. And that's, I always like saying that Donovan Bailey had the last truly clean hundred meters before Usain that. Bolt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> before Usain Bolt. It's yep. true. You know, Ten um, years. Ten so years. on Sunday, part one aired. 
And the director has done a couple of interviews. And 12 years. said Sorry. that they had to get Lance to work out before they conducted the interviews for the documentary because after he worked out, he would finally sit down and relax and start opening up. So he would sit down to do the interview and then he would be like all antsy and they'd let him go work out for a couple hours and come back and he'd be like, all right, I'm trying to reveal all my secrets. So, wow. <laughs> so he's a weird dude. And he also admitted that he started doping at the age of 21. Okay. A lot earlier than anybody thought. And that he doesn't rule out the possibility that his testicular cancer was due to taking growth hormones in 1996. Can I throw something out there? I remember watching another cycling documentary. I don't think it was around Lance Armstrong. But the a lot of the cyclists, um, they like literally can't sleep a full night because they take this thing that thickens their blood and they literally have to go out in the middle of the night and ride their bike, like to get their blood going. Wow, so for Lance Armstrong terrible. to have to leave mid interview to go work out is a little on the nose, <laughs> isn't it? That's yeah, a little wait, on the nose, isn't anybody, it? Does anybody watch the tour Tour de France and not say fuck that? <laughs> like, oh, like oh. what an awful experience! <laughs> like, I just can't imagine. No. So, hey, we're gonna be on this. I'm gonna be on a two wheel bicycle through the mountains mm-hmm. with a bunch of other people. I have to be extremely quiet, and I have to do it eight hours a day for an entire month. I'm breathing in exhaust the whole time. Just yeah, and, and stupid people yelling at you from like yeah. at every angle, all the way, every leg. And it's and an it, amazing event. And it lasts a month. Like yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's not just a, a race. It's a race for your whole month. You and should some, die. Like, you should oh, die. Oh, my God. No, some, you, no human should survive that. Some random guy vacationing from Manchester's watching. Ah, he jumps yeah. in front of your bike and knocks you off. And that's, there's all your training gone. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. And then here's the thing. It's like, if you're number two, you're like, okay, I'm number two. How far away is number one? Oh, he's only an hour up on me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you guys, did we just discover that the Tour de France is the dumbest thing in the world? <laughs> so stupid. But you know, it's, I'll still watch it. I'll still watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's on in the morning and then baseball's no. on in the afternoon, man. No. That, I watch... <laughs> The highlights, which are someone crossing the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I'm not watching someone bike for five hours. It's good to do laundry, too. I'm so, is, so are so many things. Listening to music, an audiobook. We rewatch every cinematic from Red Dead Redemption 2. It's 19 hours worth without the side missions. <laughs> well, I'm not watching the Tour de France. Come on. What are you doing? You hey takes a lot of talent takes a lot of drive, not yeah. And ninety percent uh, of them are cheating. So oh yeah, friend of the show Chris Johnston watches it every year religiously, and I know that because that I creep sense. his Instagram stories, and he likes it. And I think I think for him it's probably like I don't know this just happens to be on, and I'm exhausted after another ridiculous hockey season. Right. Um, you know how you know how pro gamers like pro Fortnite gamers play something else in their spare time to unwind. Yeah. I think a lot of hockey guys are like, ah, oh, I just love the Tour de France. <laughs> That's the dream is to watch it's, the Tour de France and it's so boring and stupid. The I Rogers can't. Cup and <laughs> and I just and I just love um, what's another one? Some uh, sort of bowling. Mm. <laughs> oh, darts, man! Darts is a darts, darts is darts is wicked though. You can't unwind to darts. No, you're getting you wind up to darts. Up. Uh, <laughs> the, the same guy from Manchester's there, and he's in the front row. It's unbelievable. And he runs on stage, and he grabs a dart out of the guy's hand, and he throws it right at the table. There we go. 
He's got a also, Wayne Rooney jersey on. It's just every, fun stuff. Every hockey player and media personality is ridiculously good at golf for some reason. It's I don't so know what it is. About yeah, man. What is it with that? But they're intertwined for some reason. I have a ceiling on account of I never played hockey and also don't play golf. Mm. No, <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, I never played the game and also don't do their biggest summer activity. Right. Yeah. Golf is. Hey, uh, guys, you available? Nope. Always golf is, nope. Golf's a weird one for me because about hour two, I'm done and there's two hours left. That many? Yeah. Like, I, I'm just like, but I think, I think what it is, is it's a, it's a golf is the, like the ultimate challenge. It, you can't like at, it, it, when you're pedaling a bike, you can get angry at the bike for a little bit and pedal harder or whatever. And you see more results. The more angry you get at a golf club, the more angry you will get because you will continue to get worse. And oh. it's this ultimate, like, I'm going to stare at this and I'm going to hold myself back. It's self-control. And that's, I can understand that, but I just have to exercise self-control in so many other aspects of my life. What the fuck do I need to do it on golf? For? There's never been a sport less designed for me. No, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> gymnastics, yeah. pole vault, like all those things where I'm like, ah, like I could maybe do a flip, hurt myself and recover over the next five days. Golf? No. That leaves psychological scars that last a lifetime. I would love the three of us to go out golfing one day and oh. film Steve taking every shot. Well, so this Can is- Can we the, bring drugs? We kept talking about Sorry. doing a, a, sh a summer show called Cool Shit with Steve, Adam, and Jesse. And just yeah. taking Steve to a golf course would be a great first episode for that. Um, and I think like a nice nine hole, yeah, you know, like a par three, whatever. Yeah, a par um, three, yeah, par three, nine holes. Yeah. I could do nine holes. I could be brave through nine holes. Well, I think a par three is good for all of us anyway, right? Because we're all we're all kind of suck. Yeah. But I'm sure Jesse. Uh, I broke my brother-in-law's golf club once. It went further than the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do it out of rage. I just okay, tried to hit the thing, and it went flying. The head of the golf club. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> is this a true story? Yes, it is. Everyone makes fun of Charles Barkley. I'm like, shut up. He's trying. <laughs> now, did your pants stay together or did they try to separate like Tom Brady's? Yes. No, the only time I've ever humiliated myself by splitting my pants in public was at a Henry's when trying to buy a ring light once. Ah, you told that story on this show. You yeah, came in here very... after that, uh, that excursion. I was very upset. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you don't get a lot of credit for it, but that that donk of yours. It's getting bigger. Formidable. It's getting bigger because I'm actually I'm working on my lower body right now. You should you should Steve, see it. I can, Steve's I'm at home crushing throwing walnuts. that ass around. <laughs> crushing walnuts between my I'm gonna become so a golfing. TikTok person. <laughs> what? What do you want? Anyway, what? I think we gotta take Steve to a golf course this summer. Yeah. We're all allowed to see each other. Um, so anyway, I think we've got to, we should jump into the press conference now because yeah. at about four 30, we're going to have to wrap up this portion of the show and then it'll just be Steve and Jesse for the second half. If you just give me one second, it's very hot outside. I'd like to pull my dog in from it outside because I feel like she's going to escape and chase a squirrel. I will God, play the angry. press conference music while you go do that. Excellent. I'll be right back. The Steve Dangle press conference. First question is for Adam Wilde for Adam's History Corner. Oh, all right, here we go. Uh, Gavin writes. Gavin, maybe? <laughs> no, 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 Gavin. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. G-A-V-E-E-N, Gavin. Oh, Gavin, okay, all right. Gavin! Been a huge fan of the podcast for years. This is a question for Adam's History Corner. What's your hot take on Major General Sir Isaac Brock? Uh, oh. Known as the savior of Canada. And has right? 
and has a church dedicated to him in Queenstown, where he was killed. Of course. Right. He died at the Battle of Queenston Heights. Hope you're happy and healthy. Adam, go ahead. So here's the thing. Isaac Brock, you got to remember where Canada was at the time. We were the Canadian territory. We were Upper Canada. Quebec was Lower Canada. Does it make sense on a map because Upper Canada is actually lower than Lower Canada? No, but that's how they viewed it at the time. Where, where's Rupert's Land? Rupert's Land is up north. It's like Northern Rupert's Ontario. Land. Yeah, oh, I, know. Okay. It's, I don't understand. Prince Rupert, probably, who knows? Um, that one I don't actually know. I'm sure somebody out there does. Uh, it's amazing how many people, by the way, I hear from in my DMs after the history thing each time. Uh, so thank you for DMing me. But um, the, the thing with Isaac Brock and the thing with the British Empire at the time is America was very upset with England for several reasons. The reason that the War of 1812 happened, and this is when, um, this is when Isaac Brock would have been fighting, um, is that British, uh, the British government was basically taking American sailors off American boats and saying, okay, you work for us now. It's called okay. impressment. And what they would do is they would claim, because Americans and British don't look a lot different at this point, and then their accents aren't even that different at this point. Um, you know, the British accent that we know today versus the American one that we know today isn't that different at this point. You got to remember, America's only been a country unto itself for about 35 years. So it's not, I mean, the, the, a lot of the people that fought in the Revolutionary War on both sides are still alive. So when um, England kind of jumps, jumps in and starts doing this, America starts to get pissed off. And there are various treaties in the early 1800s, like 1801, 1803, 1804, or whatever. And uh, at the same time that this is all going on, um, Napoleon has taken over France and starts to take over Italy and then takes over uh, Austria and then marches into Russia, like this, this whole big thing that he had uh, going on in Europe. And England's entire job, at this point is to contain him. So they need an enormous Navy so they can blockade every port around Europe because Napoleon literally ran all of Europe for a little while. Um, and they want to block any American goods from coming in so that the European states that are under Napoleon can't get the raw materials they need to fight the British. The British will not capitulate. Napoleon can't invade because he doesn't have a navy. The British Navy can't invade because they don't have an army the size of Napoleon's that would stand a chance. And so there, there's this weird sort of Cold War that exists. And, um, at, and the reason I'm telling you all this is <laughs> America goes, hey, you know what? England's a little caught up. They're also stealing our sailors, and we're kind of pissed about that. Here's a great opportunity to steal the Canadian territory, which, you know, one of the, you know, many of the founding fathers thought Canada should be a part of the 13 colonies, uh, including like Benjamin Franklin. In fact, in the treaty that resolved the Revolutionary War, they said, give us Canada. You should just give us Canada. And Ben, ben Franklin was like, just literally in a carriage, Canada. he was like, you should just give us Canada. Like, just like, what are you doing? And the Brits said, no, absolutely not. And Canada at that point extended, I think, right into Michigan. Like it was a huge territory. Um, so uh, basically from there, you have officers from officers in, in the British Army at this time are of a certain class. You have to be a high born person to be an officer. And if you are put into Canada, it, you're not, you know, it's not class A here, right? Like they got their best guys back on the home island or in the Caribbean where they're making their real money off sugarcane. And so Isaac Brock... For, so, for whatever reason, and I have to dive a little bit deeper into that, he ends up in Canada. 
And again, we're not, the officer class here is not great. So America's looking at this like, hey, ups, we're an upstart country. They had a bunch of war hawks who were in Congress at the time. They're like, let's go, let's go fight. And, um, and so, they, so Canada has to fight a defensive war. And Isaac Brock is at the head of this. And he, um, time after time after time after time, embarrasses, not just wins, embarrasses the American forces who are poorly led by uh, one of them. I think the first, the first year they had a general in charge who was lazy, alcoholic, uh, and didn't even really want to be the general. <laughs> so, Sounds like, like a problem. So yeah. yeah, it's a bit of an issue. And here's the thing, after the first year in 1812, total fucking disaster, and they don't replace him because they don't have anyone. They don't have anyone else. So they keep marching these guys, in these, these, you know, these big armies into Canada and losing. Now, Isaac Brock specifically, died on a bit of a foolhardy it was it was the right thing to do sort of uh but queenston heights if you've never been to queenston they call, they're called the heights for a reason it's a massive where uh, is queenston queenston's yeah. down near niagara no okay yeah so they I mean on there was the canadian the battle, side canadian side yeah so there's a there's the battle of york which is toronto uh where the canadians lost that one and it was really important that um from what i what i remember anyway it was really important that they uh took took the heights and so um, Isaac Brock being not a leader of his time. Most generals at this time sat back on their horse, watched the, the army happen and then signaled to their guys who they want moving forward and who they want moving back and what cannons they want firing there. This guy led from the front, which is something that you didn't see from a lot of generals, uh, at this time period. And he turned out to be just a spectacular leader, but unfortunately at Queenston Heights, uh, he got hit with a sniper bullet and or bullet ball. It's not a bullet at this point. Um, and he died. Uh, but it was one of those, he is a, he is a hero because he was able to hold off the Americans with far, far less in terms of numbers. Um, but you also have to remember too, at the time, you know, whereas warfare now is very offensive, the strength is, is in the offense. Uh, back then with muskets and cannonballs, the, 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 the edge always went to the defense. You always had home field advantage if you were on the defense because they had to march you know, 10,000 guys straight to you and then stand them up in front of you with a bunch of muskets and go, okay, I'm going to fire and then you're going to fire and then I'm going to fire and then we'll see. And, uh, and that's, sort of, that's sort of the Isaac Brock story. It's, it's a little bit light. I wish I knew a little bit more, to be honest with you. Um, that was but, a lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. Off yeah. the top of your head, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because it was like Canada's this backwater shitty place and they send this poor guy from England and he's probably thinking like, dude, I'm, I'm actually like really talented. And he got to rise extremely high because he was here. And, um, and I know that it's funny. After, um, after the Napoleonic Wars sort of wrapped up, um, the War of 1812, which was stretching into 1815, was still happening. And the British were hoping that uh, Wellington would come over and win some battles for them. And, uh, and then that way they'd have better negotiation rights with the treaties with the Americans, which inevitably um, wound up the war. And it took six months to wind up the war. Not only were they negotiating, but if you sign a treaty and then you've got to ferry that treaty back over to North America, there's going to be battles that happen in between that time, right? So, you know, you're, you've got a month delay on any news that's coming back and forth. So they asked Wellington, I think, to go over. And he said, no, I'm not going to Canada. That's stupid. Just wrap up the war. This is really dumb. Like it's, it was literally like you've got it, it to England at the time. 
the war of 1812 is like a stone in your shoe. It's like, okay, let's just shake the stone out and move on. It's just, it's nothing. It's a nothing thing. It's a huge thing in Canada, huge thing in the States. Uh, creates major changes with how the Americans run their army, creates major changes with how Canada defended itself, and created the beginnings of, believe it or not, the, um, the friendship that exists and has long existed between England and the United States. It was at that point that there started to be the foundation of, okay, I guess we can respect you now. So that's, hmm. I, that's 1812, a little bit more than Isaac Brock, but there you go. Is that how we got Fort York? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, you would have had to have a fort in every sort of major city, right? You've got Fort Henry yeah. and Kingston. And- that's that's why the reason they built all those condos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, they were like, Fort York was not impressive. Like, uh, there was impressive said, forts. But yeah, Hear Fort ye, everyone picnic really close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and wait 45 minutes at 5 o'clock for your elevator so you can no. go home. Because <laughs> only two people per elevator, guys. Oh yeah, Oshawa sounds good. Yeah, right. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, that's the. That's you guys want to do some trivia? Yes. Sure. All right. Adam, so, as your friend, you need to go. No, I'm good. I'm going to be ten minutes. Ten, right, minutes? ten minutes. We got ten minutes. All right. Ten we'll minutes. do this trivia and then we'll wrap. So th- today's trivia is: Who scored more goals as a Toronto Maple Leaf? So this is this is going to be fun. All-time goals. Love this stuff. All-time See, goals. Did you do this? Who sent this in? No. So this one is from uh, the internet is scary44 who wrote the question the last for one. our last podcast game and was disappointed that you guys did so well. Oh. So I'm just going to fix my mic here. Oh, okay. Well, so you, yeah, you know, like, okay, so you think my history corner is good. Steve is pretty amazing with stats with uh, the Leafs. So like with, with names and stuff. You pick stuff out of the air, man. It's pretty cool. We'll see. <laughs> First question. Okay. Who scored more, go- more goals as a Toronto Maple Leaf? Nazim Kadri or Austin Matthews? That's tough. Oh, my God. That's really tough. Mm. Are we season five of Matthews? Four. Four. And he had 40. I want to say 40, 32. 32, 34, and 47. I think Matthews. Kadri had the two 32-goal seasons, and other than that, he was hot in 2013, but that was a shortened season. He had a lot of 20-goal, 15-goal. He had that nightmare yeah. uh, season in 2015-16. He, <laughs> he didn't score very much last year. I think, it's, I think it's Austin. I'm with you. I think Austin as well. You guys are both going Austin? Yep. Yeah. Nazem Kadri has scored 161 goals as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Austin Matthews has scored 158. Oh! oh wow! <laughs> Damn! I love this, man. So Matthews will tie him when he hits 50. Yeah, it, he's two away from 50. Yeah, he's at 48. Wow. Yeah. No, he's I at bet Naz is like top 20 oh, all time in Leafs goal scores, by the way, just because the Probably. Leafs have been so bad. Uh, you, want, you want to know where Matthews sits all time goals? <laughs> yes, I do. 27. That's stupid. He's, the franchise is 130. <laughs> like he's already top 30. It's so bad. Yeah. He hey, just fr- finished his ELC. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Tyler Bozak mm. or Doug Gilmore? See, Doug Gilmore was a leaf for five minutes. Five seasons. Five seasons. Minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even so, he has the best. Season in Leafs history with 127 points, I think it was. 
but I, I think well, he, he scored barely, like 20 goals that year. Yeah, he like, barely cracked 30 goals. He had like 90 assists. Yeah. I'm going to say Tyler Bozak. He was with the Leafs for like <sighs> almost a decade. I'll say Bozy. You guys are both going Bozak? Yeah. No. All right, I'll give you the numbers. Doug Gilmore, 393 games played. Oh, I thought you were about to see goals. goals. <laughs> I don't think any Leaf ever has 393 goals, but anyway. Um, and goals is romance. 131. Tyler Bozak. More than I thought. 594 games played. Ooh. 136 goals scored. So you guys are correct. Oh. 136 is more than 131. Yes. Barely. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Right. This is really good. Right. Really good. Mikhail Grabowski or William Nylander? Grabowski had very sneaky good years during a very bad stretch to be a Leaf fan. Like, but I think, I think Nylander wins that. Um, Nylander, I mean, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for last year, he'd be like far and away ahead. Um, but his first year, he got 20 goals in his first two years. He got 20 goals and 40 assists or something like that. Each, he got 60 points. He has at least 20 in each of his first two, two full and then seasons. He had, and then he oh, had last year was a nightmare. Last year was a nightmare. But he had like seven last year. And this year, he already had more goals than Grabowski's best year, which was 29. He is 30-something? How many goals he had? 34. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nylander. Adam saying Nylander. I'll say Nylander. Grabo was a playmaker. All right, you guys sticking to the same answers. All right. I'll give you the numbers again. William oh. Nylander, 307 games played. Already? 307 wow. games played. He's old. M- Mikhail Gerbowski, 340 games played. So not that much. I'm not scared. Not scared. Grabowski, 91 goals scored as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I might be scared oh, now. William close. Nylander. No. 86. Oh! <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Man, he was bad last year. Oh, that sucks. All right. Remember when we spent the whole summer going, no, he's great. And then, and he was, he is great, but it was just one of those like, oh, you're going to, all the, all the dummies are being proven right, right now for the Willie. reasons. Willie, come on, buddy. Come on, Willie. All right. Help next stop. Like I said at the beginning of the season, Willie. Help us defend you. Yeah, and he help did. us help he did. you. Yeah. Next up, we have Joffrey Lupul and Mitch Marner. Oof. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Who scored more goals? Mitch. Mitch. Joffrey was – Joffrey had several limbs hanging off of him by the end. Like, that poor guy, like, had never had any injury luck. But, boy, did he have a good run. He had two very good seasons. One of them was then... the lockout shortened one, though. Yeah. Yeah. And he was dynamite. That Kadri Lupul line was amazing. So good. Best third line in the league. And then there was that year where he made the All Star game, which I don't think was the same year. That was they the one in All-Star Ottawa. Game that year? Yeah, I don't think they did. No, that was the year in Ottawa, and he did the this thing at Center Ice. Steve, lock in your s- final answer. You lock it up, Joffrey. Adam, who are you going with? I am going to go with Mitch Marner. Joffrey Lupul played 280 games as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I lost. Mitch Marner has played 300 games. I lost. Wow. Already. Mitch Marner has scored 83 goals. Joffrey Lupul, 88. 
Oh! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Unreal. Damn. All right. Oh. Wow. Gee. You know, when you think about, like, you think about it for a second. Like, Joffrey Lupel had, what, a five-year deal with the Leafs? Mm-hmm. So for, I think so that's what he's wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, so for about $25 bucks, the Leafs got 88 goals. That's an expensive plus, buy. Plus the four, plus whatever that he was already getting from Anaheim that they inherited. He was supposed to be a cap dump. He ended yeah. up being a very good player. It's a miracle he got that deal for himself. Yeah. yeah Set for life, him. man. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Final question. How many goals, or who has more goals as Toronto Maple Leaf? John Tavares or Zach Hyman? Ooh, because Zach Hyman had a good year. He did. Tavares uh, struggled a 40, bit this year. 47 plus he whatever. Had 47 though. So Tavares has about 70 goals as a Leaf, I'm going to say. Yeah. Hyman, what was his first year? His first year with the Leafs where he was like, you know, fourth line guy where William Nylander was wearing number 39 and it was the old jersey. I think like, he had Hyman four played. he had four goals, I think. And then the next year, like he's been close to like he had I think went what 15 and then 20. He was on like a 30 goal pace this year. It was stupid. It was stupid. Uh he hit 20 last year. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm trying to get Hyman up to 70 is what I'm trying to figure out. He had a really good season this year. He had a good season last year. He had 20-something last I year, don't right? don't remember 15? what he had in his first full year, though. I think he had, like, 15. And, and, and everybody's like, because he played with Matthews and uh, Nylander. Yeah. And people are oh. like, well, this guy, and he missed, like, 10 of them. Like, he... He swung and missed on a lot, and he, he has was, worked on his finishing, man. He, lo- he scores a lot more now because he's going to get opportunities, right? He was crazy snake bitten. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to say Tavares. I can't get – I can't in my head get Hyman past Tavares. I will also say Tavares because I believe that that 47-goal year puts him ahead of like three or four of Hyman's seasons, right, yeah. combined. John Tavares has played 145 145- games as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He has scored 73 goals. <laughs> there you go, Steve. Right on. Zach Hyman has played 302 games as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He has scored 71 goals. Oh! <laughs> Is Zach Hyman worth $11 million a year? My call. I'm coming. Uh, I just got a phone call from someone at Sportsnet, which means stuff is, is about to happen. Oh, it's 4.30. Yeah. All, All right. right. All right, we'll see you guys later. Enjoy. I'm excited to see what this announcement is. Love you, bye. Love you. Well, that was a lot. It was. Sure wish Adam was here. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh, man. Yeah. On Monday. It yeah. is what it is. Uh, I uh, am under strict instructions to stay off Twitter, so I will. <laughs> I have closed it. Any news I have not already seen, I will not see. Awesome. Awesome. So it was basically Gary Bettman comes on and he confirms all of the speculation. It's going to be the 2014 playoffs. It's going to be that round robin that's weird with a best of five series with all of the non top four teams, all the rest of the conference. Toronto's going to play Columbus. Yes. Um, There's going to be two hub cities, one for the West, one for the East. The top four teams are going to play for the top four spots. So everybody's going to have fresh legs going into the technical first round. Yes. Uh, and then he gave the draft lottery odds, which are very wonky. 
That's and weird. I don't know why they went with this decision, but they decided to do, they're going to do the normal draft lottery odds with the teams that won't be resuming. So they'll have all the regular odds. And then, but they'll also be placeholder odds for all of the teams that'll be eliminated in the round robin. And if one of those teams wins one of the top three spots, then they'll do another set of draft lottery odds to determine which one of those eliminated teams gets the, one of those three top three spots. So this is a little preemptive mm-hmm. and you, you know, this is, this is depending on how this is all executed. It's depending on the safety, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making sure players are safe from infection safe from everything, safe from their families getting infection. All There are enough tests available. There are enough tests available, all that stuff. So this is contingent on that. You won't hear me say this very often. I think Gary Bettman did a great job. Yeah. There's nothing to complain about. And the whole, I mean, the whole return to uh, uh, hockey committee, which it was, it was interesting. A lot of leaf love in there. JVR. Mm-hmm. Um, who's obviously not with the lease anymore, but he was. Uh, uh, John Tavares, Jason. Ron Hainsey, uh, and then who were the other players? Connor McDavid, I want to say. Yeah. And there's one more I'm missing. One more, one more, one more. Ah, I got four to five. Well, that's good enough. It's pretty good. But yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you why they did those draft lotteries the way they did. Okay. Uh, first, okay. I want to know what you think the Leafs' odds are against Columbus. They're, it's jump ball. <laughs> it's total jump ball for the Stanley Cup. Um, under normal circumstances, I actually don't love the Leafs in a series against Columbus. The, the Leafs are a team that they've sort of gone toe-to-toe with them in the regular season. The Leafs win one. The Blue Jackets win one. But the Blue Jackets always give them a tough time. Like, it always seems to be close. They're annoying. They seem to really get under the Leafs' skin. Uh, and I think some of that has to do with the way John Tortorella coaches. But like I said in the previous show, I think coaching is so much less of a factor in a jump ball scenario like this. It's it's one thing if you're the Leafs and you come into a season and all you use is your fun super-duper skills, um, you, you use no systems whatsoever, and then it's not till November-December teams start to figure you out and then the season really starts the season starts running starts running right away so if if the blue jackets were to be playing the leafs in the playoffs just regularly i would give them better chances than i do now if it's all about skill the leafs should have the advantage here what is fascinating in all this, though, is Corpusalo is healthy, mm-hmm. um, and but he wasn't the Blue Jackets goalie for like half the season or something like that. Seth Jones is healthy. Uh, there's several players on that roster that are healthy. Josh Anderson. We're Josh Anderson. Uh, supposedly, he's still a maybe. Okay, even if it's like August. That's oh, if it, well, this is the other thing because the date that they said. Training camps won't open until at least July 1st. That's very important. The earliest NHL training camps will open is July 1st. Mm-hmm. So we got another month to go. Yeah. So how long will training camps be, though? Did they specify we that? We don't we know. Don't know. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it'd be longer than two weeks. So 
yeah, if we go to August, that's interesting too. Like if, geez, if it goes to August, like are we talking Andreas Janssen now? Yeah. I don't know. That seems early. Uh, I'm not totally sure though. I think he was supposed to be four to six months recovery, something like that. Plus all of the, just the guys who are going to heal on the Leafs. Like Riley's going to be a hundred percent by then. You'd think so. Freddie, you'd think so. Matthews. Austin yeah. Matthews, but a 47 goals. And by the way, Austin Matthews missed the rocket by one goal. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, because well, yeah. he sent the uh, the rocket numbers as well. Like, who are the guys that we know were not 100%? Uh, Hyman was looking great, but even he was like, yeah, you know, because of the offseason. Muzzin. Dermot. Dermot. Muzzin. Yeah. Riley. Dude, half the roster. Half their decor for sure. Yeah. Um, so... Again, this goes back to what I was saying about the advantage for the Leafs. If you're just relying on skill um, because you're coming in cold and you're healthy, I think it's a tremendous advantage for them. Okay. Um, But the Blue Jackets are no joke, and they proved that last year in the playoffs, and I I assume they'll prove that again this year. It won't be easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it fair to say for this core as well, for this group, just for their, their mental state? I think it might help them that there's going to be no home crowd. There's going to be no pressure. It could. It definitely could. I mean, it's advantage for absolutely everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot <laughs> a lot of players are going to have to watch their mouth. A lot of players are going to have to watch their mouth. That's going to be fascinating. One, the games will be on a delay, I think, just to avoid that. And two, I think you pump in, uh, you pump in noise just to make it sound, whether that's actually in whatever facility they're playing in, or if that's just on the back end of the TV truck. You simulate the TV sounds as much as you can in post-production. You're, you're going to have think. Travis Konechny next to a live mic on no, national television? They're not, Are you they're nuts? not doing that. They're, no. No league is doing that and allowing that to go to air. The fly- just, I- just get it off. Just show me the flyers. Just the, right. the, <laughs> just show me the flyers. Unless we're airing this on like HBO after midnight, then that's not happening. Yeah, and well, and like <laughs> watch your mouth. I mean, I mean, far more nefarious things. But if you're asking hockey players not to swear mid-game, it's good yeah. luck. No, it's no. it's not going to happen. So, so so that's a fascinating thing. So yeah, Leafs Columbus is first round. What do you uh, are you satisfied with this 2014 playoff format, the format overall, and the round robin play in? I'm satisfied with it. Yes. And I appreciated that Gary Bettman admitted that there was, there was no situation where every fan base was going to be totally satisfied with that. And when you compromise, everyone's kind of a little bummed out. Uh, But you don't realize how mad some teams would have been had you not made these compromises. So the reason the draft lottery is so screwy I think is part of the compromise because let's say the penguins get knocked out by Montreal, which is a legitimate worry of theirs. Obviously it's, it sounds like they were worried about playing a three game series against Carey price, which are the penguins better than the Montreal Canadians. Of course. Could the Montreal Canadians win two out of three against Pittsburgh? Of course. It's Carey price. It's the Montreal Canadians. Like even though they were far back in the standings, it's the National Hockey League. It's such an even league. Tampa lost four games to Columbus last year. Yeah. Like, like, I think Pittsburgh could lose three to Montreal. It'll happen. It's hockey. I, Boston, Boston had a losing record against the Detroit Red Wings. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it could happen. It could happen. So you want to um, get into the draft lottery odds here? Well, yeah. So sorry. Yeah. So go the, ahead. the Penguins were virtually guaranteed to make the playoffs. Montreal was virtually guaranteed to miss them. They were something like 1% odds to make them. If Pittsburgh is knocked off by Montreal, that's going to be a pissed off fan base and a pissed off team. And rightfully so, because they were going to make it. They were going to make it. And we got knocked out because of this goofy system by the team that least deserved to be there out of 24, 24th out of 24. Mm-hmm. How do we make that up to you? Sweet daddy Gary Bettman. Sweet baby daddy Gary Bettman is hooking you up with a chance at the first, second, or third overall pick. Now, the way they're doing it is a little screwy. And I'm not sure I... Okay, if I'm a team, if I'm an exec with the team, I hate the way it's being implemented. As a fan, this rules. I love it. It's, it's awesome. the best. Yeah. So phase one is basically if all the seven teams that didn't make it here, do you want to do this, Jesse? Phase one happens June 26th. It's basically regular lottery, except including all of these placeholder teams. But so this is seven, before training camp. This is before training camp. This is June 20th. This is in one month exactly. One month plus a day because it's 31 days Ooh. a day. So June 26th, the seven teams who didn't qualify for this playoffs will get to have their balls picked out by Gary Batman. And hopefully they get one of the top three slots, but in the lottery odds, there's also these, what is it? Eight placeholder teams, which are yes. the eliminated teams, the round Robin that hasn't happened yet. That could not happen for maybe two months from that point. You know, so we could have, Oh, the number one overall pick is this team that got eliminated in the playoffs that aren't going to happen for another month and a half. So we'd be sitting there just being like, we don't know who's going to have no more. That's crazy. But like, if you're like, it's, it's just, it's so, if you don't think you have a legitimate chance at the Stanley cup, but you're one of the 24 teams Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of teams in there that genuinely don't think they have a shot. Chicago. They sold at the deadline. Chicago's, Chicago's an interesting case. They're one of the teams I think could upset. You and Oilers, so, fans okay. are, Oilers fans are not stoked about that matchup, and I don't blame okay. them. Minnesota, uh, maybe. They're an interesting yeah. team. But like, I, I'm trying to think of who are the teams that sold at the deadline. Let's maybe Great bring it up. But, like, yeah. you're like you, – you can't it, – it's a terrifying move as a GM because let's say you sold. Mm-hmm. You made peace with the fact you were going to lose. You're going to win this qualifying round, which isn't even the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go in the first round to what? Lose we, to Tampa. Lose to Tampa or yeah. something like that. That's another fascinating thing. They have not decided whether or not the first and second actual rounds, not the qualifying round, the first and second actual rounds, the quarterfinal and the semifinal, they haven't decided if those are five or seven games. This is fair. It's fair, but I'll, I'll say what I've said uh, about a number of things. If you can safely play a best of five, surely you can safely play a best of seven. Right. And if you're going to play a best of seven in the conference final anyway, and in the Stanley Cup final, surely you can. I think the reason they haven't committed to it yet is they have no idea. They literally don't know when the playoffs are starting. Just timing, yeah. 
Yeah, so, so just if it on, doesn't start till mid-August, you can't commit to four seven-game rounds. All right. So just on the uh, Jeff Lottery to wrap it up, the Leafs, they traded away their first-round pick to Carolina. Yes. But it is top 10 protected. Yes. So it, is it if it lands in the top 10 or if they finish the regular season out of the top 10? No. If So let's say the Leafs were to miss the playoffs. So they lose uh, in the first round to Columbus. Well, okay. Let's say under regular circumstances, okay? No, so no, no, that's, no. Throw that out. The, we're living live in this scenario right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. So the Leafs lose to Columbus. Yes. What happens to their first overall, their first round pick that they sold it, to Carolina? It's very simple. If it's a top 10 pick, it belongs to the Leafs. If it's 11 to 16 or whatever it is, uh, or 15, it belongs to the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. And it's and it's and it's complete up in the air. So the fascinating thing is if if one of the lottery balls, whether it's first, second, or third, goes to one of the non-qualifying teams, the next eight, the next no, eight, or the first goes, seven. No, no, no. I'm saying out of, out of the eight that don't make it out of the first round. I held okay. up ten fingers just yes. now. Out of the okay. eight to make it out of the. Whatever. The fake playoffs. And they are considered fake playoffs, Jesse. You were right about that. We'll get to that, yes. We'll get to that as well. Um, uh, where was I going with all that? Oh, they all have 12.5% chance. Yes. but Which is technically 3.5 because yeah. 12.5 is based on everybody's odds. In the three, But you have to factor in that the first seven teams are going to have odds as well. Which is an important distinction. So yes. let's say, so we were, we've been talking about odds. The mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens' odds of making the playoffs before all this nonsense was incredibly low. Yes. If the Pittsburgh Penguins somehow win this draft lottery or the Edmonton Oilers somehow win this draft lottery, give it to them. Give it to them. They only had a 3.5% chance. 35 3.5% chance. If they get it, I, and it's like, you know, we, we said uh, when they got the McDavid one, if you actually look at the odds, the mathematical odds that the Oilers would get the 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2015 first overall pick, it's once in a lifetime. It's hitting the lottery. You'll never see that again. Yeah. They hit the lottery yeah. by winning it four times. Uh, so whoever wins it, the odds were not in their favor. So as far as I can tell, the only teams really getting jobbed are, well, at least compared to the original reports out there, are like the Red Wings and the Sens. But that so, and that initial pitch was ridiculous. Yeah, the odds for Detroit to win the first overall, overall pick are 18.5%. As it should be. Ottawa's Roughly. is... 13.5 and then their third pick overall is 11.5%. So they have those two odds combined of getting a top 3 pick. Los Angeles is 9.5, Anaheim 8.5, New Jersey 7.5 and Buffalo 6.5. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Like you had the chance. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Sabres in 2015 put themselves in the best position they possibly could to get Connor McDavid. They fell short. They got Jack Eichel. It is what it is, man. Uh, Detroit, 
like they said, oh, we got screwed by the draft lottery. Like, they're not entirely wrong. Like, teams skipped ahead of them. Remember when the Stars got Miro Heiskanen and they were, like, nowhere near the bottom? <laughs> Who cares? Like, it is what it is. It's, it's called a lottery, man. It's called a lottery. Um, so, they made it really convoluted for sure. Uh, but I do find it fascinating. And imagine, like you said, Jesse, the first overall pick could hang in the balance until like Labor Day. Like, <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. It's, it's great theater. I got to give them credit for that. Fantastic. And that's all we need. That. Yeah. That's all we need in the world. So another thing. So I was watching that with my wife. She's like, what? Only two cities. How many games a day are they going to be playing? That hockey is going to be on your television. They're going to be playing nonstop games. It'll, they'll start at like 10 a.m. and it'll go till 11 p.m. And they'll just play it out because they just have to finish the season. That's all it is at this point. Just get these playoffs done. So it's going to be playing constantly. And you brought up the, uh, the two cities. So I have the list here of all of the hub cities. That I are being to, deliberated. That are being considered. And I'm going to ask you where you think uh, the most likely two destinations are. So okay. we've got Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis slash St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. What stands out to you there? I'm surprised that Canadian cities are still being considered. Um it sure seemed like it was heading in a different direction. Yeah, especially with what Justin Trudeau said. Prime Minister. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they're still being considered. I think the NHL would like to do one and one if it was possible. But like I said, the one person standing in the way of hockey coming back, there may come a point in time where it's the Canadian Prime Minister. And it kind of looks like that's where we are. Um, Edmonton does make a lot of sense. Um, I saw a lot of, you know, Toronto people and GTA people. Um, one thing Gary Bettman said after, uh, his initial statement there when he was on with Tim and Sid is he wants to, he would like to make sure it's in a city that, uh, doesn't have a high rate of infection. Edmonton would be that city. Edmonton's there, but like mm -hmm. Toronto, like, no, we lost that privilege. Yeah. We lost that. There's too many um, people here, I think. That is another huge issue. So, like, right away, when you said Chicago, I'm like, no. Like, even, even if their rate's low, no. There's way too many people. Mm -hmm. uh, Toronto, there's too many people. Vancouver, now we're talking a little bit better. Uh, Edmonton, I think, is even smaller. Mm -hmm. Vancouver cases have been extremely low. They've been low, yeah. yes. Uh, I don't know the American cities case by case. I don't think Nevada's actually done particularly well. Mm -hmm. But – they're in a unique scenario where you can literally lock uh, 12 teams in like the MGM grand uh -huh. or something like that. And you know, half of them probably won't even see each other. Uh, right. Something like that. It's, it's unbelievable. So Vegas is this weird fantasy fairyland. Uh, and then there's St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I don't know enough about it. And then who, what are the other, are there any other Americans? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Dallas. We haven't talked about any. LA doesn't make much sense to me. Mm -hmm. LA is so I'm pretty sure it's hard that, hit that you might be able to find places. I don't know. It's so it's, hard to get around. Yeah, that's well, I, maybe that's different now. I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea. 
And they did say um, teams will be limited to 50 personnel. So I am assuming that's including uh, coaching staff and players. So you got to think 27 to 30 players, maybe 25 players plus 25 personnel. Seems like a lot. I, I'm just, that was an, another little bit of math I was trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, does your general manager need to be there? No. Does your right. assistant general manager need to be there? Maybe. Do, does your <laughs> statistician d- d- need to be there? Like, I know a lot of statisticians throughout the NHL um, are they work remotely. So that's a fascinating one. Sorry, I was distracted. I just got a text. There's roughly a 25% chance, just shy. It's 24.5% chance a current playoff team wins Lafreniere. That's awesome. I love it. I, That's I love awesome. it. I, if I was, if I, if my team was close to finishing last, I'd be upset, but they're not. So, huh? <laughs> it's hilarious. Like De- Detroit, Ottawa, like any of those fans of the top, uh, bottom seven, sorry, uh, teams. Uh, yeah, you're kind of getting jobbed, but it's, it's like sugar daddy. Uh, Gary said, not a, not everyone's going to be happy. Um, so, what do you think of the? Uh, I, have you put together the math of those fifty people, like how that works out? I'm really trying. Well, I'm trying to picture the amount of people on the Leafs bench who are not players. So there's Brian Papineau, mm-hmm. um, three coaches, so we're up to four now, and there's usually at least one other guy on the bench. So backup like it, goalie. Yeah, no, they, they <laughs> count towards the roster, I, and they have that other coach. I can't remember his name. He used to be with Hockey Canada, who is not on the bench. He's like sort of waiting in the wings. I, in the I tunnel thing? Yeah, I can't remember yeah, exactly what he does. So in terms of just bench personnel, I, you need like six. Um, you could probably finagle it that you get 30 players. Mm-hmm. But 30, that's overkill. In what scenario are you going to need 30 guys? But – Oh, that's a fascinating one right there. What do you think? I, w- I want to see hockey reference. I want to see how many players the Vancouver Canucks used in the 2011 playoffs. I'm trying to figure that out. Because I know they used 13 defensemen alone. Okay. Which is wild. Playoff scoring. The Canucks used 27 players in the 2011. Oh, plus goalies. So they were the goalies included in that? Yes, they were. Okay, so 27 players. I think that's about roughly what you're going to need. I think it's you try and travel with 26 to 30 guys. You need at least five lines. So there's 15 guys. You need four pairs. So there's eight. And I'd say three goalies. Mm -hmm. Three seems... Boy, you're playing with fire. Because, so, talking about e-bug situation, emergency goalie situation, oh, yeah. what happens if two of your goalies get hurt playing five rounds of playoff hockey? Which Maybe seems... you bring four goalies. Maybe both of your AHL goalies come with you on this show. Even four might not be enough. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, here's something that uh, they, I assume they haven't even come close to determining what the process is for this. But do you treat a positive COVID-19 test as an injury meaning your team keeps playing and that player sits out so 
this so there's a media availability going on after this is done we just weren't going to be able to get the show done um so we're going to miss some stuff but uh one of the things that was said was uh or reported uh, i want to say it was by that uh, it was a flyers reporter sam he was the guy who had the claude drew uh pass the baton tweet pass the torch tweet um basically teams could get as many as two positive covid cases and they would still allow the team to play interesting a that is a scenario where listen all we're talking about right now there's a reason we're talking about this for such excitement mm-hmm. we're talking about it with the blinders on that this is going to happen yes okay so they have a health system in place that can support this yes now, like actually having to get into the adults conversation of it all, <laughs> I, you're insane. Like, I, like, I don't know if two people on your team, two people out of your 50 that you bring, and if you don't need to bring 50, don't, but uh, two people out of your 50 that you bring, get it. I keep going back to Travis Dermott's flu from like a month before this all happened. It went through the Leafs like a brush fire. And some guys got hammered by it. And some guys were a little sniffly for like a week. And some guys were barely affected at all. But I would love to know what percent of the team was positive whatever Travis Dermott had. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't even know if he was the first guy. All right. Like people are, they're not they're not they're just not getting it like i was seeing uh, there was a university in the states they're like well i mean uh, so much of our uh, so many some a crazy percent of the students are young and the research says they're not going to die from it so it's i, I can't believe we're this far <laughs> into it and we need to explain it to you like you're a toddler it's right. not about you it's not even necessarily about someone who has it. Mm-hmm. It's that they may give it to someone else. Pandemic. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> that it's been going on for this long and we have to explain it to you. Yeah. Like you're in the third grade. I'm not a smart guy and I grasp this. Come on. Come on. But um, so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you have 12 teams in the same hotel, let's say. one person gets it what on earth do you do yeah that's why i don't know that that's why this thing is this is our plan and this plan cannot take action until there are the health processes like yeah. in place that until means he's pretty aware yes which is yeah. i loved i love this press conference because it had everything you needed at this moment because we have so many unanswered questions and they didn't try and answer them. The NHL seems to be taking it in stride and understanding that, okay, we've developed, we now have a plan that can take action once all of these other dominoes fall. And there might be some awful quote that comes out that completely contradicts everything that we just said, but we don't (laughs) know. Right now. Right now we're we're on it. (laughs) They're great. They're doing a great job. That's That's as good a performance as I've ever seen from Gary Bevan. Easily. One of his Ever. best. Yeah. Ever. And he's banned from the show. That might unban him after that. <laughs> Except pandemic, Gary, so you can't. You can't. It was, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk. It was Apologies Michael Jordan versus the Utah Jazz-esque. You know? Wow. Yeah, he stepped so, up. Batman ate a bad pizza. 
<laughs> is, is what you're saying. Pizza allegedly. game. You know, what the, you know what the other rumor about that is? That it's not the flu game, not the pizza game, that it's he was just hungover. No, yeah, that was that was the original rumor. Was yeah. they called it the flu game, and then no, it was just a hangover. Yeah, but I think like it's that, still that. No. So okay, let me break this down for you. Okay. Tim Grover, the guy, uh, Michael Jordan's trainer, the guy who's recounting the story of the flu game. He's in the room with Michael at the time, and he says something's off about this he pizza. Says, he says. It's a bad pizza. Four guys showed up to our door delivering this one pizza, checking into the room, trying to see if Michael's in there. Michael takes the pizza, spits on it, so he can only eat it himself. That's the story that Tim Grover, who was in the room, is telling the cameras. He should have never been on camera. Like, as a Michael Jordan produced, like, like a Michael Jordan production, I, when Michael Jordan told the story, I'm like, I believe him. And then that guy hops on camera. I'm like, mm, no, where'd you find him? Where'd right. you get this guy? Right. That's his longtime trainer from like before he won all those championships. Anyways, yeah. so he tells the story about how it was the pizza. You're telling me that the hotel allowed four guys to go up to Michael Jordan's room and deliver a pizza? That they walked into a hotel lobby, said, hey, this is for room thingy. And four guys walked up to 402 and knocked on Michael Jordan's door and dropped off a pizza. And, they, and when, and when pizza. Tim, Tim Grover ordered the pizza, he said, this pizza's for Michael Jordan? Come on. Yeah. Why? How would you know that? How would you know that? He, I think he just got drunk in his hotel room because it was, <laughs> that's what Any he does. Any <laughs> But so drunk that he was still hungover at seven the next night. See, Michael that's Jordan. Where, yeah, that's where it's like, okay, he's probably done this before. Like, I'm sure he's had a drink after a game. And but he was uh, older. I don't know. I it's, I don't. I'm not I keep buying telling the everyone. Pizza. Yeah, I'm not buying the flu, and but I'm not really buying the drinking either. I don't know what it was. I keep telling all you young kids out there. There, you, you do your little college partying, whatever. There will come a time in your life where your liver will tell you, knock it off. Specifically, 27. Mm-hmm. How old was Michael Jordan in there? I think he was in his 30s. Yeah. Maybe he thought, you know, he, maybe he thought he was still playing the Knicks. Nope. It's the Jazz. It's the late 90s, Mike. You can't do it. I don't know. I don't know. But, man, a guy who, like, regularly drinks, I don't know how heavily, but he regularly drank, and he's literally the world's greatest professional athlete. How much would he have had to drink to still be hungover at 7 the next night? Right. And how much, would he, how much food poisoning would have he had to have it 24 hours later? I've had food poisoning, food. I believe. I've slept at night and been good after food poisoning. Like, it's been bad that day, and then by the tomorrow afternoon, you're good. I actually recently, two weeks ago, had had pretty decent food poisoning, and I had a workout the next day. I've been FaceTiming my trainer. Relax. Um, and I, like, almost passed out three times. He was like, maybe we should stop. And then I did the exact same workout today. I was perfectly fine. But you did the workout. But I did the workout. So yeah, but your... I struggled really hard, and I had to lean on Scottie Pippen. And... 
was, you're I was, sweating. I was sweating. We're going to make a documentary about it 20 I years had a later. Towel over my head. There was a really shady trainer telling everyone, no, Steve just spat on the pizza and wouldn't let us eat any. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally believe the story, except for the trainer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like to come back to play plan. Uh, so really yeah good. do you have any do you have any final thoughts well it's it's just a shame that we're all getting so excited about this like people are jacked right now they're ready for hockey to come back next week and that's just not the case it is still best case scenario over a month away don't know what the future holds um I really appreciated how much the NHL was like, listen, this isn't our decision. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not Dana White. Like there was no threat to buy NHL Island. Uh, <laughs> it's still wild. It's still yeah. wild. Last, uh, John Oliver on last week tonight did a nice bit about how Fight Island is the laziest name for a UFC fighting island. And he oh. left off all these great puns like UFC. S E A. Oh, <laughs> Fighter Festival. Anything. Fighter Festival is good. It's Except just... Fire Festival was a disaster, so maybe you don't want to associate it with that, but, but still. It would have been self aware. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was hilarious. Um, so, two things before we go. Um, you wanted to talk about, well, we talked about uh, in the first recording of this podcast, the regular season numbers. So the NHL has declared right. that the regular season is finito, like I said they would. So all of the stats are complete. And you had some gripes about the uh, Rocket Richard. Well, not gripes. I'm just upset that Austin Matthews yeah. is missing out on the Rocket Richard by one stinking goal. I think and if that happened, <laughs> if that happened, honestly, it sucks. But it happened, I'm not going to say dishonestly, but it happened in the really weird, goofy way that it did. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is officially the winner of the Art Ross. He was very going to win that anyway. He had 110 points. The next closest guy was Connor McDavid, his teammate, who played uh, seven fewer games, had 97. (laughs) Holy crap. Um, the Vesna trophy is a really interesting one. Vasilevsky had by far the most wins. He had 35. Next closest was Hellebuck with 31, but Hellebuck had better numbers in 922 versus 917. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other goalie who really should be in that conversation, I think, uh, is probably Tuka Rask, who only had 26 wins, but he was holy shit. He was a 929. Wow. Five shutouts. Hellebuck had six. I would I say for Hellebuck to have done it on the Jets. Right. Like, I, I saw a good tweet. Like, forget the Vesna. He should be considered for the MVP. That's what, that's the, uh, that's what Adam's been saying. Hellebuck? I, yeah, he's, Hellebuck he's not really – he's not wrong. He's not that off base, man. He's really not. Do you want to pull up the Leafs numbers? Is there anything that stands out to you now that all those uh, numbers are official and the seasons have been capped for Let's... those guys? Let me see. I know Willie, uh, he did surpass 30 goals, which was very important. I, I mean, there's a few guys who had the best year of their lives uh, despite all this. Matthews, uh, 80 points and 47 goals in 70 games, which I think both are career highs. 
Uh, Mitch Marner did not get there, but the pace he scored at this year was bananas. Uh, it 67 sucks points. that he'll finish with a below 20 goal season. Like, I don't think in any regular season where he plays 80 games, you know, that he's going to finish with less than 20 goals. Yeah, but 67 points in 59 games. Right. The points are there for sure. Wish he had uh, four more goals, but whatever. Tavares, too. Like, he took he took so much criticism. It's like if a point – if you get a point that's not a goal, it doesn't count. Like, it's ridiculous. He had, <laughs> yeah. he had 60 points in 63 games, 26 games. of which uh, were goals. Missed time with a broken finger and also then played through a broken finger. Anyone who's had any sort of finger injury knows mm-hmm. you kind of got to use your fingers and friggin' uh, they take forever to recover. Yeah. Willie, he would have finished with like a 32 and 45 season. Like that's gr- those are great numbers from JT. Fantastic numbers, especially all things considered. Uh, Willie had 59 points in 68 games. He had 31 goals and 28 assists goofy tyson berry who took so much shit um and was defensively infuriating granted he still had 39 points in 70 games and almost all of those 39 points came under sheldon keefe (laughs) it's true so basically tyson berry put up like i don't know at least 30 points between like december and march Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not bad zach hyman this guy 37 points in 51 games good not overly impressive but very good robbed of a 25 goal season 21 goals are you kidding me uh kasperi kapanen i thought was underrated or at least looking at the numbers the amount that we completely railed on this guy 36 uh points in 69 games nice uh only 13 of them were goals again like, if you don't score, it's just not worth it. <laughs> Kerfoot, pretty disappointing, actually, for all the talk about how, like, good he was on the Tavares line. 28 points in 65 games, nine goals. Boo. Uh, Riley, way fewer goals, only three in 47 games. But he had 27 points and obviously proved how important he was uh, to this roster. For league minimum, Jason Spezza, 25 points in 58 games. Again, a lot of those points coming under Sheldon Keefe nine of which were goals. Ilya Mikheyev, who will be back for the playoffs. I'm very, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, especially considering it looks like it's August. This is what I was talking about with Ilya Mikheyev, by the way. 23 points in 39 games. 39, that's all he played. Um, And eight of which were goals. And this was a guy who, like, never really shot the puck. Uh, And uh, who knows, he probably still won't be very good at shooting the puck uh, coming back from that wrist injury. But losing Riley was bad because the Leafs' defense was already bad. Losing Ilya Mikheyev, he brought so much to the Leafs that they that, that complements them and that also they needed. He was so responsible defensively. He was so fast. He's so long. He was so good uh, on their penalty kill. He really started to hit his stride, and he made their offense truly formidable. And when they lost him, they start – taken from their strength to address weaknesses and they take Kerfoot and they put him up there and it sort of works, but then the third line sucks and blah, blah, blah. Like using, losing Janssen sucked. Losing Mikheyev was a real killer for them. Uh, Muzzin, 23 points in 53 games. Uh, Andreas Janssen had 21 points in 43 before his season was ended. 
Justin Hall, uh, 18 points. Boy, there's quite the drop-off now. 18 <laughs> points in 68 games. Um, man, that guy had a hot couple weeks, signed a contract, and pieced. Um, hopefully he's able to have a much better playoff. Pierre Engvall, so disappointing. 15 points, eight of which were goals, uh, in 48 games. He really – he was scoring at a 40-point pace uh, for a while, and that obviously went away. And then we – I don't know. Do I need to go down the rest of the lineup? I think you're good. You want to take a look at Freddie's numbers? A lot of players, right? Uh, our two goalies left on the roster. Freddie in 52 games, 52 of which were starts. Uh, he was 29, 13, and 7 with a 285 goals against average. Dumb stat and a 909 save percentage. Um, I think he's better than that number suggests. Yeah. Um, he just – he went through a couple just – God awful stretches. Uh, that guy played three thousand and seven minutes in the Leafs net, uh, which I gotta think is close to the league lead. Um, Jack Campbell, six games, six of which were starts, three, two, and one, uh, with a nine fifteen save percentage, which was very good. Now there was also the little wrinkle. And this is fascinating yes. because I think they said they still had to negotiate this. So you sent a screenshot of a very interesting picture. Uh, oh, what was that? Is that what you're going to talk about? No, it wasn't. Okay, was, we'll get was, to that after. I'll remind you of what you sent afterwards. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, I am looking for... What are you trying to find? Sorry, I'm trying to go to... The L.A. Kings cap friendly. Okay. Is this for the uh, Jack Campbell trade? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, Okay. So, so, so. The trade was on February 5th, 2020. Los Angeles Kings acquired Trevor Moore, a 2020 third-round pick from Columbus, and a 2021 third-round pick from Toronto. The Leafs get uh, Jack Campbell and Kyle Kyle Clifford. The conditions on the 2021 conditional third-round pick. Conditions on the 2021 third round pick. Upgrades to a second round pick if either Kyle Clifford resigns with Toronto or if the Leafs make the 2019 2020 playoffs and Jack Campbell wins six regular season games. So basically, it's a third rounder unless the Leafs sign Kyle Clifford. No? Like, because unless they. Campbell did not win six regular season games. And he no longer has the opportunity to. Right. Regular season is over. So. Unless the, unless the Kings kick up a big stink and they do some sort of arbitration. Nah. Uh, which I can't imagine. Like, it is what it is, man. Like, the, the regular season, it, it didn't end. Or it is ended. What do you want? So, basically, if the Leafs re-sign Kyle Clifford, it's a second. But otherwise, it's a third. Do you think they will re-sign him? Depends how he does these fantasy fairy tale playoffs. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I love Kyle Clifford, man, but like that's a steep price. I hope he signs for very little money. Right. If if he does resign. Now, the last thing, uh, you sent a screenshot of a Buffalo Sabres announcement. Yes. Um, Let me bring that up. Uh you would like were... to touch on that before we go. Yes, absolutely, uh, because there were two little pieces. So they issued a Tampa Bay Lightning-esque uh, statement. This isn't how any of us envisioned our 50th season coming to a close. 
Our promise to our fans is that we will come back stronger as a team and as a community, we, which is it's interesting wording. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for your loyalty. Also very interesting. We can't wait to get back on the ice. So it's interesting that we talked about, I want to say Adam brought it up. It might've been you though, Jesse, the Sabres aren't going to play and no California team is going to play and the Red Wings won't play and the Sens won't play. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm missing one more team. They're not going to play from like March to December. Right. Cause it looks like we're aiming for December 1st ish, mid December, uh, 2020 season start. And it just time. is what it is. Uh-huh. It is what it is. Like, what do you want? <laughs> right. What do you want? It's a pandemic. Uh, I think the safest route is for none of the 24 teams to play or none of the 31 teams to play. They have 24. Uh, and the Sabres missed out by, uh, I think it was two points hmm. or one is what it well, is. Man. And they yeah. bought at the deadline. Remember they got yeah. Wayne Simmons. Well, Wayne Simmons is a Sabre. The, the Sabres have one of the biggest screw jobs in this whole thing because they had games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. So the Sabres had 69 games played. Nice. The Montreal Canadiens played 71 games. The Sabres had 68 points. The Montreal Canadiens had 71. They could so the Sabres win, win those two games in hand. They have 72 points. I want to – I hope the Buffalo Sabres website has not updated because I want to see who I want to see who they were going to play. That's a, yeah, that's a good question. I hope it hasn't been updated. May 2020. Well, that's obviously out the window. Oh, it has been updated. They took out the games. You bastards. Ah. Yeah. It's that's fascinating that they updated the team website. Have the Leafs done that? I guess. Well, no, it's uh, it's like an NHL wide system. They have, they must've darn. Now, ah, I'm sure some Sabres fans know. I'm sure ah. if we Googled it hard enough in like five minutes, we could find it. But uh, Yeah, but eh. nuts to that. Eh, somebody else with us. Uh, uh, so that's fascinating. Um, oh, and also uh, from John Waro, retweeted by Luke Fox, breaking Sabres co-owner and president Kim Pagula tells the Associated Press GM Jason Botterill will return for a fourth season, which is eons from now. (laughs) So, uh, you know, put it this way. If you're one of the seven GMs not in a playoff spot right now, you have nothing but time. Use it wisely. Um, I personally, if I were obsessing over everything every day, I think I would make a lot more mistakes. Yeah. It shouldn't take you 10 months to figure out what you're going to do mm-hmm. and what your goals are. So uh, Jason Botterell, who already looked like the most tortured man in all of hockey, uh, if you looked at him in the press box, um, he's going to have almost a year to think about what to do with his hockey team. And he has a lot of conversations to have with Jack Eichel. So many Zoom calls. <laughs> so many Zoom calls. So I'm thinking on Monday, our next episode, we do uh, awards. So we'll hand out all our picks for all of the major NHL awards. Now that we I like know that. the regular season has come to a close. I like that very much. All right. Uh, I'd like to end with a, a tweet from producer Drew. Oh, what do you say? 
I'm personally rooting for Pittsburgh and Edmonton to win picks one and two. <laughs> How dare you? Ah, <laughs> oh, just Lafreniere from Malkin and Crosby. <clears throat> Lafreniere, Dreisaitl, McDavid. No. Why not? No. It's, Personally, if the Leafs win, wonderful. If they lose, I can't feel that bad. And who knows, they might get another superstar. Can I tell you right now, the Leafs are winning the Stanley Cup? I know. This, this is it. If it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen this way. Did and I not call it? it? You called it. We all thought it. And we were like, yeah, damn it. Steve's right. It's going to happen. You get that clip on standby there, Jesse Blake. <laughs> Get that clip on standby. Three months from now, in the dead of summer, it's going to be 45 degrees outside, and the Leafs are going to be hoisting a Stanley Cup to an arena of no one, and we're all going to be in our homes on Zoom being like... Crying. This is great. Oh, I'm literally... (laughs) I'm just going to stand outside my front door. Ah! (laughs) With a mask on. That's gonna be that's gonna be fascinating. Toronto is is one of the best cities in terms of getting rid of COVID nineteen. The Leafs win the cup. Oh, and yeah, you thought Trinity Bellwood would? Oh shoot, I said it. Ah, you said it. All shoot. right, let's wrap up. I had an episode and three quarter streak. Damn. All right. That uh, is it do, for this one. Do Sorry, the YouTube no, thing. Ahead. Do the YouTube thing. Okay. Okay. That is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really like to tell your friends that a team that had like 85 points is about to get the first overall pick. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.